Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. I do podcast episode 10. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. We're very excited to introduce our guest today, Sandy Malone. Hey, Sandy. Hey there. 
<laughs> How are you doing today? Well, it's warm and gorgeous and breezy, and everybody back in Washington, D.C., where I'm originally from, says it's 30 degrees. So I am having a fabulous day. Awesome. Nice. Sandy Malone is the star of TLC's reality show, Wedding Island, and a regular blogger for the Huffington Post. Sandy is the owner of Weddings in Vieques, a successful Caribbean destination wedding planning company based on tiny Vieques Island, seven miles off the coast of Puerto Rico. Prior to wedding planning, Sandy had a career in public relations and government affairs in Washington, D.C. We've given our listeners just a little overview. So take a minute. Tell us about yourself and why you enjoy planning weddings. Planning weddings is so much more fun than anything I've ever done. You know, I've been a journalist and I've been in public relations and public affairs and lobbying. And my husband was a SWAT team commander in D.C. Wow. And uh, everything we did about our jobs, we did well and we loved, but we never dealt with really happy clients. You know, in his case, he was always arresting people or, or you know, dealing with victims of crime. And in my case, not every client that you represent in politics is somebody you necessarily want to represent. And so we got into the wedding planning business after our own experience where we planned our wedding here on Vieques Island. And I'd gotten to know the island when I was doing government affairs work and media relations for the government of Puerto Rico. I'd fallen in love with Penny Vieques Island and so had my soon-to-be husband when he visited with me. So we got married down here. And a year later, we bought a vacation house here. And after a few years, we realized we were burning every conceivable minute we possibly could on the island. (laughs) And we had the opportunity to make the switch. There was no wedding planner down here. We had planned our own wedding because there was no wedding planner here when we got married. And so we took a chance and we said a measure of success would be two weddings a month. And we did 40 some weddings in the first year. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Really cool. Well, our topic today is destination weddings and how to determine if they are a good fit for you and your partner. So, Sandy, can you explain to our listeners why couples seek you for your advice on destination weddings? I think I get contacted by a lot of people who might not have otherwise found Little Vieques Island because I do blog so many places. I've been blogging since I opened my company on my own website. I'm in the Huffington Post several times a week. I've been featured on Wedding Aces for Wedding Wire. I have a regular column on Purple Unions and Pride Villas. And then I also blog, I blog reality TV shows for Monsters and Critics and All About the Tea. So you can find me everywhere, and I am extremely opinionated and happy to share those opinions. So for DIY brides, they can learn a lot by reading my stuff. What happens is for brides who are looking for a destination wedding, I think they read my blogs, and they see that I'm direct, and they see that I know what I'm doing, and I've got valid, real testimonials and real, genuine, happy clients. And some of them saw the television show, and if they realize that all the screaming I did was in the office and not at actual weddings, (laughs) then they look at me and they want to, you know, they look at me as somebody who's an expert that can make it so they can come down here and not be the host and hostess at their wedding, but rather be the guest of honor. That's awesome. Well, in one of your articles, you talk about five ways to kind of determine whether a destination wedding is for you. So we're going to go over those five reasons. And uh, the first one you mentioned is, well, the people who can will accept my destination wedding invitation be the people who I most want to have at my wedding? Well, that's a really important question because there are a lot of people that say, I want to have a destination wedding because I don't want to have quite so many guests. 
And then they go ahead and invite 175 people to the wedding anyway. And number one, they're shocked when they get higher response numbers than they expected because people are making vacations of destination weddings these days. But also, it doesn't guarantee you that the people that you wanted to have come would come. Before you decide that you're going to get married a couple thousand miles away from home or even a couple hundred miles away from home, you need to talk to the absolute key participants. You need to talk to your parents. You need to make sure that if your grandparents are close to you and would want to be at your wedding, that they're in a physical condition to travel. you got to make sure that the people who your day wouldn't be special if they weren't there are going to be there. And there's a lot of things to think about. That's why we love uh, breaking it down like you have from the article. And the next one we want to talk about is that you mentioned is can you handle making decisions via telephone and the Internet and giving up the ultimate control to somebody a few thousand miles away? That is such a difficult thing for so many people. Do it yourself is huge, okay? And girls are spending so much time on Pinterest that, I mean, they're going to have, like, a new expression, like, Pinterest finger thing, like, pinning <laughs> thumb. It, it's ridiculous. Um, and the problem is, is that because girls are excited, because they can see all these things, and they think to themselves, oh, I could do that, I want to do that, it's really hard to give up control of your wedding to somebody that, in most cases, 90% of my clients have never even met me and have never even been to VXS Island. So how do you know that you can trust the person? How do you give up that control? How do you make it work in a way that you're not going to make yourself crazier instead of having alleviated your stress by hiring a wedding planner? Mm-hmm. If you're not the kind of person that can check references and then, you know, tr- trust the professional rapport that you start to build with your wedding planner, then you probably aren't cut out for a destination wedding unless you've got a big budget that's going to let you go to that destination three or four times to make sure you confirm everything. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, we're in our wedding planning stage now. And personally, I would find it really hard to put that control into somebody else's hands. And, you know, unless you know that they're a a well-known expert like you, it would be hard to give up that control. Well, I think it's hard for anybody. I mean, I tried to do it. I hired a wedding planner from the Big Island, but she misrepresented herself as knowing VXS Island, and she didn't. And I almost had a total wedding catastrophe because I got phone calls three months before my wedding telling me that my vendors hadn't all gotten the deposit check. Wow. And then we had rented two entire hotels for all of our guests and one shut because it was bought and turned into a private home. Nobody told us. Nobody returned any deposits. We had to initiate chargebacks with all of our guests and find additional accommodations. And then one of my caterers died in a drunk driving accident a month before my wedding. Oh my I mean, it was one of those, are you kidding me kind of things? Like you just... You'd be like, really? Like, really? Is this happening? I mean, you start to laugh about it. But it wasn't funny. It was tragic. Yeah. It's like a... So, I mean, I was I was lucky because I had lived on VXS Island for several months when I was bringing media through to see what had happened in the former bombing range. And so I had some friends on the island. And my husband and I had, our fiancé at the time, and I had the resources to come down a couple of times and unscrew our wedding, you know, and make sure everything was okay. We also came into town, I want to say fully seven or eight days ahead of our guests. We shipped 32 boxes of favors, welcome bag stuff, everything you can ever imagine. Because I didn't know where I was going to be able to get it. I don't know. Didn't, and I've, I've lived on the island. But I didn't know. And, and you can't get most of these things on a tiny island located seven miles off the coast of another island. <laughs> and if you live here like I do, I know how to get things from the big island. But when you live up in the States, you have no idea how to make A connect with B. 
Wow. And now, and now you've had that crazy situation, but now you're down there to make it easier for people in the future. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a philosophy. I mean, truly when you come down here for your wedding, you shouldn't be stressing out on your wedding day. You should be getting beautiful, getting your hair done. If you're the groom, you've been kicked out of the house with the guys, you're doing something else. (laughs) And it's my job to sweat the small stuff on my wedding day. I was going, these aren't the flowers I ordered. Why are there no wine glasses on the table? Oh, my God, why aren't the chairs here? You know, that was not fun. My guests had a great time. <laughs> they raved about it. They had a fabulous time. I did not have fun. Yeah. And when we decided to have this wedding planning company, when we launched it, I mean, our philosophy was going to be very much, you are the guest of honor. Let us take care of the problems. Sometimes that means it gets a little extreme, but that's how we do yeah. it. Yeah, and you got to give up control. And our next point is, will you be able to stretch your wedding budget further by having a destination wedding? It's a good question because people assume they will. I had a conversation with a client earlier today who is frustrated with their, their budget. They've got twice as many guests as they allowed us to estimate for, so it's not my fault. And, I'm, you know, sometimes they just need to vent. You sit there and you get yelled at. <laughs> but here's the deal. He kept saying, well, I, I didn't expect it to be that expensive. Well, my response is, everything that I'm quoting you is less expensive than it is in a major city up in the States. But this is not Mexico, okay? This is not the land of the $9 pedicure. <laughs> this is Puerto Rico. It's a part of the United States. It's not even Puerto Rico. It is Puerto Rico, but we everything that is on Vieques Island, including our wedding guests and brides and grooms, took two bo- boats or two planes to get here. So... You have to understand that, yes, there are places where it is less expensive than up in the States. But you're not dealing with Mexico. You're not dealing with some place in lower South America. You're not dealing with some all-inclusive resort in the Dominican Republic where your guests are basically paying for the wedding because you had to have 25 guests and they threw in a cocktail party. I mean, they didn't throw anything in. They're charging your guests. Your guests already paid. It's all-inclusive. When you get married down here, when you come down to plan a destination wedding, you need to know if you're prepared for that if you really have the budget for it. And you need to talk to a wedding planner or a reputable resort who will give you real legitimate numbers. It's always going to be a guesstimate. I mean, the bride has to choose the flowers, and there's a big difference between orchids and gerber daisies. The cake, what she chooses, it could be a $200 or $1,000 catastrophe. You don't know. It's all about the bride and groom. It's about the venue they choose. It's about the kind of music they choose. I mean, let's face it. This trend of changing wedding gowns, really? Don't complain to me about your budget when you blew another $5,000 on a second dress. Yeah. So that's why we have to talk through those things, and we have to be clear. Like, will you save money by doing a destination wedding? Because if you're trying to do it to cut your guest list, but you're still going to invite 200 people, then you better be prepared for 100 of them or more to come. You know, that, otherwise it's just a gift grab. It's just tacky. Yeah. A lot of these things are, are great points for destination weddings, but and for weddings at home. We're planning our wedding now, and you got to know the budget and, and all these points. But and, and it adds up. It certainly adds up. It does. And there's lots of little things that you don't think about when, when you're brainstorming it and you don't know what you're doing and you're having fun with the planning. You're not thinking about who actually ties all of those sashes on the chairs. Mm -hmm. And you're not thinking about what it costs to do all of the little bitty things that you want to have done. So unless you're getting married at home and you've got a very organized team of friends who's going to go in there and put your wedding venue together, 
and, you know, set up your lighting and deal with your flowers and coordinate everything under the sun, it's a real project. It is. And I think there's so many blogs out there that say, you know, do a wedding for under the certain amount and they give you all the advice. But then when you really go to list out all your expenses, it's like, where does it, where is this coming from? Where, you know, everything adds up and it's always more expensive than, than the budget, in my opinion, of what we're dealing with. I think you're right. No, I wouldn't say it's always because I actually have a solid handful of clients that have come in under budget. And I've got a number of clients who would have come in on budget had they not decided to add A, B, C, X, Y, Z at the last moment. But what's frustrating is I think brides and grooms really don't overestimate when they budget and you need to. Don't invite 200 people and estimate 100, you know, 50 attendees. You're asking for a disaster. You know, don't, uh, don't choose a venue that's going to be too small and cause you problems down the road. Guest list size is one of the biggest it's the challenge. I mean, you, you fully add a third to a half right back onto your wedding when you add, you know, 25 people to a wedding that's supposed to have 50. So if you, you, you know, that's where rising groups, you have to really watch it and you have to be very selective. I believe the rules have changed about who you have to invite. And I think people are allowed to be a lot more selective. Well, that kind of comes to our next point. Will your parents freak out if you don't get married at home? So that's something I'm sure people come to you and ask about your opinion. What do you say? Nothing is more frustrating to me than when I talk to a bride and groom for a real consultation and spend an hour on the phone with them and then hear at the end of it, well, we have to tell our parents about it now because we haven't mentioned to them that we're going to do a destination wedding yet. Uh So we are going to, you know, this is our plan and... Because I sit there and go, oh, really? Did I really? Is that an hour of my life I can't get back? (laughs) Like, come on. Like, talk to your parents. Unless you really don't care what they think, talk to your parents before you start planning a destination wedding because there might be a really good reason not to do it that you haven't thought of. But if your parents are respectful of your decision, you just need to work with them because it's going to change some things. They don't get to invite every neighbor they thought they were going to. You know, not everybody from church gets invited. Not all of their friends whose weddings they've attended to their children gets to be invited to a destination wedding. So you need to try to get everybody on more or less the same page. But I believe that sort of the destination wedding kit for, for invitations is becoming more and more understood. I think people are not hurt when they're a couple degrees of separation and they're not being invited. I think people understand now that being a Facebook friend does not qualify <laughs> you for a wedding invitation. I'd hope not. There'd be a lot of <laughs> upset Facebook friends of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this might be a good time if mom, dad, if you're listening, Sarah and I are we're gonna get married in Patagonia. No, we're not. <laughs> no, definitely got to tell the parents. No, we're not getting married in Patagonia. <laughs> Our next point, and the last one, is what kind of destination do you want for your wedding weekend? Something to consider. Well, it's true. I mean, where do you want to be? Do you want to be in an all-inclusive resort where it's a kind of a cookie cutter wedding because it's like pick cake or A or B and there's three different bouquets and you're going to be the third bride down the same aisle on the same day. And yes, your wedding groups are going to see each other throughout the resort. You know, is that what you want? Not long ago, I went on a vacation to get away from weddings and I got completely screwed because there were three weddings in the resort at the same time on the same day. And I had deployment in the spa. I mean, really that's like wedding planner hell. So, <laughs> you know, if that's what you want, That is a very affordable way to do a destination wedding, okay? But there's also the more 
specialized stylized weddings like we do at Weddings in Vieques, like you're going to find on the smaller Caribbean islands. And then there's also, remember, a lot of beautiful places to get married back in the United States. You do not have to fly to the Caribbean. You don't have to fly to Hawaii to call it a destination wedding. If it's not at home, if it's in the Berkshires, if it's in the Poconos, if it's, I'm not sure that the Hamptons count. But, you know, it's something, you know, (laughs) if, if everybody's traveling someplace to go someplace cool to see you get married, you know, in Niagara Falls, that's a destination wedding. Anytime that you're not getting married in your hometown, you know, where you and the groom currently live, or the hometown of the bride or the groom, it's a destination wedding. It's just about what kind of wedding you want. Do you want trees and woods and, and creeks? Do you want snow, snow-capped snow mountains? Lake Tahoe is lovely. Do you, you know, do you, what, what is it that you want? What makes you happy? If you want to go to a beautiful island and you want a beach wedding, and this is what you've envisioned, you know, this is, the Caribbean is perfect for you. And I think... Puerto Rico is very, very hot for two reasons. Number one, unlike Mexico, we don't have six million travel warnings. And number two, it's part of the United States, and you don't need a passport. So not only do you not need a passport, but neither do your six million guests you're inviting that you only anticipate 50 attending. And if anybody in the group has minors or children or is divorced, remarrying, if you're coming to Puerto Rico, most of the time you don't have to deal with the custody paperwork to take the kid out of the country versus bringing your child to Puerto Rico for your wedding. Right, makes it a lot easier for the guests. And less expensive for travel. A lot of direct flights to Puerto Rico um, from all over the United States. What do you find is the most common reason couples struggle when deciding which type of wedding they will have? You mean home versus destination? Yeah. Uh, Usually those struggles have to do with the mother of the bride. The mother of the bride that's been planning her kid's wedding in her head for 30 years is going to have trouble giving up on a destination wedding. Because although I don't discourage moms from participating in conference calls, they have to participate with the ride. They can't call me 52 times on the side. It's not the way it works. Mom's not planning the wedding the bride is. And the reason a lot of these brides want destination weddings is because they want to plan their own weddings. See, their moms didn't get to plan their weddings. My mom didn't get to plan her wedding. Her mom did. In fact, I recently got a box of stuff. You know when your parents are cleaning things out and they don't know what to do with it, so they give it to you? I got a box of stuff. It's my mom's wedding RSVPs. But it was fun because it was like all her wedding planning in a box. And it was, there it is. And it's hilarious because I can see it's my grandma's handwriting on absolutely everything. My mom didn't even pick her entrees, you know. And this generation is different. This generation has very, very specific ideas about what they want to do. And there are brides whose moms are involved but in a very positive and happy and fun way. And there are moms that are so freaking bitter because they have had this wedding in their country club for years and years and years. For the longest time, these brides, you know, this mom envisioned her daughter doing this in front of all their, all of their local society. I mean, you've got debutantes and members of society and famous people and, eater, and, and leaders of industry who are young and who are successful and whose parents are proud and they're like, see ya, off to the island. So I think the mom, in, the, the need to have it at home is the biggest problem for a lot of people. And the way to solve that is to do an appropriate event back at home after your wedding. I had 50 people at my wedding in Vegas because I needed 50 people at my wedding in Vegas. Um, you know, those were the 50 people I couldn't get married without. But the compromise with my mother was 300 people at a black tie reception in uh, Washington, <laughs> D.C. a week later. Wow. 
that's great advice. Yeah, but but don't do it a week later. My best advice is wait a month. <laughs> no, seriously, if you do that, wait a month or more. It's not fair to your wedding party. It's not fair to the wedding guests who are the duplicates. And I got killed all of us. I just got ran everybody into the ground. I mean, it's not that no one will ever forget it, but learn from my mistakes, for God's sake. Don't repeat them. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we got experts like you on help help our listeners learn, prevent mistakes. It's interesting because we asked for advice with our wedding this year, and a and a big thing that comes up is don't try to please your relatives for everything you do because it's your wedding. So I think there's a great takeaways that that you would mention. Well, I think it's it's just really important to plan it for yourself, and yeah. you've got to take into account how it's going to impact everybody around you. But you got to focus on your day. I mean, the two of you are planning, right? How many guests do you have? Uh, we have about 110 on the list. Okay. And how much struggle have you gone through with your parents regarding their list? Actually, I mean, not a we, little bit, but 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 nothing terrible. I think yeah. I think we're pretty lucky. Yeah, it's been it's we're been exception. Pretty easy. But if you had to cut that list in half for a destination wedding, it would be quite a struggle, wouldn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it would be harder. Definitely. So there's a sensitivity issue that comes into all of it. Um, I think if you want to have a destination wedding, that's what you should do. But there are ways to approach things, and you know you want to try to do it in the nicest way possible. If being involved in your wedding is really important to your mom, you need to find a way to involve her in it. If it's very important to the mother of the groom, you need to find a way to give her a role in it. You can do that with a destination wedding. And if you've got a good planner like me, I have a whole list of busy work projects to keep the moms out of your hair and out of trouble. Mm-hmm. But awesome. yeah, well, you got to have them. But it's just, you got to be sensitive to everybody's feelings. But at the end of the day, what the bride and groom want is what the bride and groom should get as long as they can afford it. Excellent. All great advice there. Now we are going into the his and her round where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our minds. Sarah's up. All right. Well, my question has to do with the etiquette of a destination wedding. Uh, we were looking into it when we were, you know, we first started. We did decide on having a wedding at home, but what's the etiquette of paying for your guests, not paying for a guest? You know, what advice can you give to our listeners on that? You have no obligation to pay for travel or accommodations for any of your guests at a destination wedding. Okay. If you lived in Chicago and your families lived in Wisconsin and Los Angeles, all of the family and friends that were traveling would be traveling, and they would be traveling on their own dimes if you chose to get married in your hometown of Chicago, okay, or New York, or wherever you're going to be. You don't pay for those people to travel. So there's absolutely no reason for you to pay for them to travel to a destination wedding someplace like Puerto Rico or in the United States where it's not going to cost them an exorbitant amount of money to come. Um, what you do need to do with a destination wedding is think of it as more than one day. I mean, I've flown in for weddings in New York where I flew in on Friday afternoon and hit some sort of a rehearsal or welcome event briefly that evening. The next night was the wedding, and then we were gone. And I spent a grand total of, you know, 20 minutes in the presence of the bride and groom at these massive weddings, but I'd spent thousands of dollars to come because I wanted to show them I loved them and I wanted to be there. A destination wedding takes place over, say, a three- or four-day period, and you get a lot of time with your guests. And so while you may have fewer guests there, because things are a little less expensive, you can stretch the dollar further, you will do more events. You will feed them and water them more. You know, there's welcome parties, there's beach parties, there's your wedding and reception, there can be farewell parties and brunches. There's a lot of things where it's, it becomes a weekend event that's so memorable. It's an experience. It's not just a wedding. Yeah, I love it. Well, my question is, you mentioned some things, some tips you give 
to keep the mother of the bride occupied and out of your hair. Can you give a specific example of uh, one of these? Put mom in charge of the invitations. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, you can go shopping with her for them and choose them, and you should agree together on the wording, and she's going to love spending that time with you and doing all of that. And then put her address on the RSVP cards and make it her problem. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so you, you you know kind of killed two birds with one stone. You, you get the invitations done, and you also occupy uh, Mother of the Bride. <laughs> yes, these are not wasted little busy tasks we give them. They're just specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. Not that I'm trying to get you busy, Mom. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to have her busy whether she likes it or not. If you yeah. get married at home, everybody gets sucked in. Yep. <laughs> cool. Well, now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions, and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Sandy, are you ready to help us build lasting love? Awesome. What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Kiss a lot. Say I love you a lot. Remember the words please and thank you. And remember that your spouse is supposed to be the most important person in your world all the time. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for couples related to weddings? Okay. There's a book that I think is so funny that – I absolutely recommend it to every bride planning a wedding, destination or home, called Diary of a Mad Wedding Planner. And I can't think of the author's name off the top of my head, but somebody gave it to me when I was planning my own wedding and I was away with Bill for the weekend and I was reading it and I was laughing so loud. Out, like, I, he took the book and read it cover to cover after I read it. And that is hilarious. Also, the second Shopaholic book, like Shopaholic Gets Married, that is also absolutely hilarious. These books will put your wedding into perspective. It will make you laugh. You will see stupid things in it, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm doing that. (laughs) So it's a lot more helpful than any help book you can buy. (laughs) Great. Well, that book um, will also be on our website at I Do Podcast on your show notes page. So hopefully our listeners who are planning a wedding will go there and, and read that and get a little chuckle. We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give to engaged couples planning their wedding? Uh, Hire a wedding planner. (laughs) And go to Vieques. You know, come get married in Vieques. I don't know. I I think the the best advice I can give to engaged couples and newlyweds is when you get engaged, don't run out and invite everybody in the world to be on your wedding party and announce your wedding date to everybody and put out a bunch of information that isn't confirmed that you might have to take back that could be embarrassing later. You know, stop. You got engaged. Okay, that's great. Enjoy the glitter and glow and take a month and think and talk to each other and talk to your parents and do some research and don't put it out there until you're sure. And don't do what I did and get engaged and go immediately to a Christmas party and invite your six best friends to be bridesmaids. Like, don't (laughs) do that. No, I mean, seriously, don't do that. Take a month or longer, and really think about these decisions because once you've committed to it, you have to suck it up. Or you have to be very, very embarrassed, and let's try and avoid that. Well, I can definitely see how you know people can do that because planning your wedding, you're excited, you want to announce it to the world, and then sometimes things happen and plans change, and you know you have to take that back. So, yeah, definitely great advice to wait a little bit until you announce it to the world. Yes, and be careful how much you play with your wedding on social media. 
can hurt a lot of feelings inadvertently. Yeah, it's like this day and age, there's a lot more things you got to take into account with uh, with the wedding. Well, you know, just remember when you post a picture, regardless of what your privacy settings are, you know, when you post a picture at the end of the day, you posted a picture to the world. So, yeah. you know, if you're having a small wedding and you're not inviting all of your sorority sisters who ever invited you to not only be in their be at their weddings, but be in their wedding parties. Now that you're older, you've moved on. You don't want to be throwing things in people's faces. You don't want to insult them because even though most of us have accepted that that sort of tradition of you have to include everybody who ever included you is gone with the wind, you still don't need to rub people's noses in it when you're getting married. Nobody else needs to help you choose your favors via Facebook, for God's sake. And you don't need to tweet every picture of flower bouquets you like. It's annoying and it's rude and, and it's offensive. And you know something else? I have heard so many single girls say that it's just hurtful. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, remember how you felt maybe when you were hoping for a proposal or didn't have a boyfriend. It's one thing to help your friend plan their wedding. It's another thing that every time you log into your computer, you have it shoved down your throat. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like rubbing it in. Yep. And it hurts. If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful wedding planning, what would it be? Do your homework that your wedding planner gives you or that you know you've got to do if you're planning your own wedding. Talk through everything together alone. Don't argue out your menu in front of your parents. Don't argue about your flower budget on the phone with your wedding planner. Plan your wedding together. Make it a fun thing. You know, pour glasses of wine and sit down and go over menus. Go out for cocktails before you take dance lessons. Make wedding planning fun. You have the ability to make it as miserable as you want it to be. Why would you do that? Make it fun. I love it. And I think another thing that I always try to catch myself is whenever I'm talking to somebody, instead of saying, I've chosen this, it's we. We're doing it together. It's not what I want, but it's what Chase and I want together. And I think that's important for couples to always remember. Oh, can I give you one more tip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try and have at least one either date night a month or one night a week at home or whatever where wedding planning is not up for discussion. Ah. Don't even talk about the wedding one night a week. If it's bad, make it one night a week. If it's not so bad, have a date night, a wedding free date night one, you know, once a month. Mm-hmm. But awesome. give yourself the wedding free zone. Cause your mom might not. And some of your friends may not. You have to build the wedding-free zone. That's awesome advice, Sandy. We've really enjoyed hearing all your advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by telling our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, it's been a pleasure. So thank you so much for the invitation. I was flattered. Um, Our website is weddingsinviotis.com, but you can find me at sandymalone.com. And I'm on Twitter at Sandy Malone underscore. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash Sandy Malone W-I-V. And I'm on the Huffington Post a couple of times a week. I'm on the business page today. Uh, Monsters and Critics has a couple of my stories today. So, you know, you can probably get more of me than you want. <laughs> Great. Well, our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. Fabulous.
Thank you so much for your generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today. So much fun. Please ask me to come back again when you have other questions. Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice. Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love? You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.